Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hey there, Andrew. Hello, Edwin. It's Tuesday in our Sermon on the Mount week, Matthew chapter 5. Yeah, I love in Matthew chapter 5. We did not get enough time to talk about the Beatitudes yesterday. We did not. But. And yet we. Must charge ahead. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Let's talk about. I've heard people call these next ones the similitudes. Is it similitudes or similitudes? I have no idea. Okay. We'll go with yours. I've seen that also. But uh, yes, yeah, so we're going to look at Matthew 5 and we're going to pick up our reading in verse 13 today. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Reading from the New King James Version there, Matthew five thirteen through 16. Salt and light. Salt and light. Wonderful pictures here as Jesus tells these parables. These these are a kind of parable, this yeah. metaphor, though mm-hmm. he doesn't in the main get to parables until later in Matthew. But here we've got these parables. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. I guess that's where similitude comes from, right? You are similar to this. You're similar. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, hey. So let's talk about salt. Talk a little bit about salt. Tell me about salt. Salt is not sugar. You are the salt of the earth, and you are not the sugar of the earth. The sugar of the earth makes everything sweet, (laughs) and there's a place to be sweet, and uh, certainly there's some wonderful sweet thoughts about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his love, his mercy, his grace, and yet he didn't call us to just sweeten up this world. He called us to be salt and salt of the earth, and particularly for the ancients, salt had a number of purposes. I know uh, one of the key being that salt was a preservative before refrigeration, the importance of salt to keep meats and keep food stores. Uh, salt had medicinal purposes at times uh, as a antiseptic, I believe it was. Uh, and then of course, the, you know, where we start is salt as a seasoning factor. You uh, cer- certainly want to have a little bit of salt when you're going to eat corn on the cob. Or Absolutely you do. Anything else. A little bit of watermelon. A little bit of watermelon. Yeah. You've got salt uh, playing into uh, Old Testament, right? Salt was an important ingredient with various sacrifices. You gotta have salt. There's one thing in common, though, across the board with all of those applications of salt. And the thing that I see in common in all of those applications is that the salt actually has to come into contact with whatever it is impacting. Hey, I think I, I saw a book by that title, right? Something about you got to get the salt out of the shaker. Get the salt out of the salt shaker. The, yeah, salt yeah, somebody's salt shaker. That. Somebody somebody's read, read that. Yeah, so salt inside the cask, inside the shaker. Does no good unless it, it makes contact. Doesn't season anything, doesn't cleanse anything, does not melt anything, does not purify anything. Only when it comes in contact. Which, if we are the salt of the earth, oh, okay, you know what, let me back up real quick, because one of the things I noticed recently is the connection between what it says here and what it said in the last verse. You know, through the first eight 
of the Beatitudes, it's sure. blessed are they. Yeah, no, blessed are you. they. Then at eleven and twelve, it's he switches. Person. Yeah, blessed are you. Mm-hmm. And so now, when he says you are the salt of the earth, who's the you? I, it seems to me that it's a continuation from what was just said. Uh, of course. You yeah. you who are persecuted. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's he's just said, if you're persecuted for Jesus' sake, rejoice, mm-hmm. because your reward in heaven is great. And now he says to you who are persecuted, you are the salt of the earth. You're the flavoring, you're the purifying, you're the you're the seasoning, you're the you know, this is this is what you are. You may think you may think that this world, because this world hates you, you're useless, but he says, no, no, you're the salt. Hey, so, and just uh, even as you said that, when I go back to verse 12, he says, you were like, when you're persecuted, you are like the prophets who were before you. Can I tell you, until this moment, I've always thought of Christians need to be salt and light, but what's a model for what salt and light is practically? The prophets, and the way the prophets basically were treated before by God's people. Well, that reminds me of James 5, is it verse 10, where he says, take the prophets as an example of suffering and patience. Mm -hmm. We -hmm. consider blessed those who remain steadfast. Mm -hmm. Okay. And because, you know, these are the ones that will receive the crown of life in the kingdom of God, that God has promised to those who will love him. So yeah, that's awesome. So they were salt, they were light, they suffered a lot of persecution. So maybe uh, when you're salt and light, the world doesn't see you as sugar. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, so you're back to that. Yeah, I see you're on Close this contrast. Closing the loop. <laughs> on this contrast. We can move forward. Salt and sugar. No, 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 that's fantastic. As I think about this, uh, when, I, when I think about these two pictures, and I know you and I have talked about this before, so yeah. I, 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 I know you're with me on this, but let me just bring it up again. You know, we've, we, know, we know at the end of Matthew we're going to hear the commission Go make disciples. Yeah, that's right. And so now that we're you and I are going back through Matthew, I think through that commission. I know where it's leading, so I'm thinking through that as I walk through this. And what I find in this one, in salt and light, are the two vital behaviors that allow us to make disciples. Mm -hmm. And I see the first one here in the salt. The salt has to be in contact Yes. And so that that helps me realize that the vital behavior that I need to have in order to be a disciple and make disciples is make personal connections, actually make connections with people. And in those connections, it needs to be clear that you are a Christian. His concern here that he talks about is if the salt loses its savor, flavor, savor. Yeah, that's right. Which would mean that even though there's a con contact there's no differentiation for people to realize oh this this is salt oh yeah okay so that's that's a uh, so a I, second uh, aspect of the salt that what makes it work is that it is distinct and different uh, uh, yeah so let's 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 kind of say one contact one a would be that example and a consistent Christian example in the contact, distinct contact. When I think about the salt here, I also think about in Mark chapter 9. In Mark chapter 9 and verse 50, it says, Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? That's basically a repeat of what we've just read here. Now here's what he says next. Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. Hmm. I'm not saying that peace is the only thing that makes us salt, but I do know this, 
that Jesus is going to say that the world is going to know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Absolutely. I know that one of the Beatitudes was be a peacemaker. I am blessed if I am a maker of peace because that makes me a son of God, a child of God. I know that we're going to get to this, the end of this chapter that we're in, and it's going to talk to us about loving our enemies just like our Father yeah. loves everyone. To be perfect so, like the Father. Yeah, so all of these things are weaving in and out. We've got the idea of being salt, and salt is peacemakers, and when I'm at peace, I, I love. All of this is, is going together here. And so this is what it means to be salt, to have that connection mm-hmm. But to have a connection that's distinct. So it's not just going along. It's not just hanging out with people and, and walking along in their debauchery and in their sin. It's being distinct. Make those Absolutely. personal connections. And this distinction theme is certainly brought out loudly when you think about light and darkness. Yes. Right? And so he goes on to say, you are the light of the world. The light of the world. The purpose of the light, in part, was to illuminate a whole room make things clear. Um, yeah, I guess distinct is becoming the word of the episode now. Uh, yeah, but yeah, make things clear, make things distinct. And when we think about those important uh, non-negotiable behaviors in making disciples, there has to be contact, but there has to be, uh, which is making new acquaintances and connections, but then there has to be uh, intentional spiritual conversations. Mm. We have to open our mouths to actually teach and instruct, maybe it's ask questions, maybe it's have discussions, maybe it's you know plant a little seed by mentioning God or your prayer life or even what you did last weekend, you were with God's people worshiping on the Lord's Day, things like this, but that it, it becomes evident, it is manifested, it's clear. You're a city on a hill, you can't be hidden, there's no intent to try to hide, don't put it under a basket, let it out, let it shine talk to people about this good news. So I know you and I are on the same wavelength on this. I want to make sure we didn't jump over a step to make the point because Jesus says that we shine our light by doing good, by doing what God has commanded, Mm. by obeying him and and doing our good works no matter who is looking, which might cause some to think that shining our light means nothing more than be a good example. Okay. But the reason I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the reason why you've brought this to the spiritual conversation level is because there are lots of people who do good things that aren't Christians. That's exactly right. Atheists do some good things. Muslims do some good things. Pagans do some good things. We need to do good things, but it needs to be in a context of spiritual conversation. People aren't going to know that we're doing things by faith in Jesus Christ unless Jesus is the one we talk about. And, and, I, and I, don't, I don't mean that when I do something, I'm shouting out and proclaiming, I do this in the name of Jesus. But it's rather that when spiritual conversation is one of my good deeds, mm-hmm. people are going to understand he does this because he's a Christian. She does that because she's a Christian. And I think that we should just, uh, as Christians, place a value on those kinds of on those kinds of conversations. I think that while some people would say, well, this is just about setting a good example, there can be such an emphasis placed upon works, you know, that it's got to be some type of social charity. It's got to be some type of social action. And that's the only way that you have light. And you have no credibility about spiritual teaching until you're on the front line of some cause. 
And I disagree with that. I see here Jesus Christ, his message is the action, is the good. Because people are dying and going to hell apart from Christ. Yeah. So yeah. you, that is the light that has to be shined. And so it is it is no less of a good deed and a good work to be talking about these spiritual things, which have eternal significance to people. Talking about some of the good deeds, I, I do recognize, of course, we're, we're, we're going to get into Matthew chapter 6, and it's going to talk about charity and benevolence, sure, and that is sure. a good deed. But it's also going to talk about fasting. It's going to talk about praying. Of course, you know, I know we're going to get to where it tells us to do those things in secret, so we're going to come back to this. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you want to talk about a good deed that shines a light? Your boss tells you to lie, and you decide, no, I'm not going to lie, and it costs you your job. Yeah. You know, that's a yeah. good deed. Yeah. That's a good deed that shines the light. And people wonder, why would why would he be willing to lose his job over just a little lie? Now, hey, because I tell you what, I have a hope. I have mm-hmm. a hope that is more than this job. And and my hope is eternity. And and uh, liars have a part in the lake of fire. So I'm not yeah. going to do that. I, have a ser- I serve a God who's going to take care of me if I put him first. And Absolutely. seek him first. Absolutely. So, yeah. so this is the light, and and it's when we have these two vital behaviors that we will be making disciples, and I think that's really important. So we're supposed to be salt, and we're supposed to be light, and what that highlights for us: some vital behaviors. Go make personal connections. Go start spiritual conversations. And I do want to make one more comment about this. This is not just about what we often call evangelism. Making disciples isn't just about taking lost people and getting them baptized. It's also about working with our brothers and sisters. Building them up. So as we're talking about making personal connections and starting spiritual conversations, it's not just about strangers and lost people. It's about everyone. Having those, you know, making connections with my brothers and sisters and starting spiritual conversations there. Making connections with my family and starting spiritual conversations there. Making connections with a coworker and starting spiritual conversations there. Making connections with the cashier and starting spiritual conversations there. If we do that, we'll be amazed at the discipleship growth that we'll have and others will have as well. So today we want to be salt and light. Thanks so much for joining us for the program. Rate us, review us, share us. We love you for doing that. Evan, would you lead us in a word of prayer? Holy Lord God, just have two requests today. Make us salt, make us light. We love you. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son Jesus we pray, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.